Bring them out, bring them out, hey. Bring them out, bring them out, yeah. Bring them out, bring them out, hey. It was the senator from Massachusetts. Nope, not Massachusetts, Michigan. Can't blame me for getting those things confused. Those senators are are very much alike. Elitists who have absolutely no understanding that the things they don't seem to care about affect you, me, and we greatly. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Always a pleasure. It was Debbie Stabenow. The senator from Michigan who wanted you to know that that she, that she got herself a she got herself a, a real nice electric vehicle. Oh, it's super super nice. Oh, you're gonna love it. And she was able to drive from Michigan to D.C. and she was able to pass by all of those gas stations and not a problem, not a big deal. She she didn't have to stop. Once and when she looked at all those high gas prices. I do have to say just on the issue of uh, uh, gas prices after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle. I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station. It didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international markets. How, Lord forbid, we care about markets and all those evil gas companies. The average cost for an electric vehicle in the United States is $57,000. $57,000. But now there's a bigger question. When you read the story as reported by Reuters, U.S. Midwest in danger of rotating power blackouts this summer. Michigan, uh, some may consider in the Midwest. And then... You read Sterling Burnett back in middle of May. Grid operators expect more outages. Sterling Burnett joins us right now. Dr. Burnett is director of the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental Policy, managing editor of Environment and Climate News, and is a is a part of the group over there at heartland.org. Uh, and whether you're talking about this Reuters article or what you have, have been writing about, it's very hard to charge an electric vehicle if there is no electricity flowing because of rolling brownouts and, and blackouts. Uh, talk to me about what it is that the Midwest can be expecting. Well, it's not just the Midwest. You know, if, if, if we're only the Midwest the Democrats would ignore it because that's flyover country. True enough. Um, true enough. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, California has rolling blackouts every summer. Uh, they warn of it every summer. They, uh, uh, Texas has recently had its experience with blackouts and, uh, they always point to, Oh, it's an aging grid or they say, Oh, it's not, not up to the challenge of climate change. Well, uh, <laughs> It is an aging grid. Let's be clear. Uh, we have a, an aging grid. We, we're not building. We haven't built enough new transmission. But that's not why the power is failing. Uh, the power is failing, and even the story that uh, I read this morning admits they've been closing power plants, and not just any power plants. Baseload power plants that provide power 24 hours a day. Coal-fueled power plants, nuclear power plants the ones that serve as the basis for the entire electric grid to work properly are being closed, and they're being replaced with what? 
wind that depends, you know, wind turbines that depend on the wind cooperating and solar that depends on the sun being out. So don't don't worry about nighttime. Um, <laughs> you had a, an electric power grid in this country designed uh, by engineers over 100 years, and now it's being redesigned by politicians who aren't engineers. And we're having to pray to the gods to keep the, the lights on. It's, now, it needs to be understood, and uh, sir, so talking to Dr. You Sterling Burnett. Cars, I'd be interested. I'd hold be interested. on one second. Hold on one second, sir. Let me, make, let, me, let me jump in right here real quick. Sure. Uh, one of the conversations uh, that is taking place, as you brought up, and I want to make sure we, we, we go back to this. There have been forced closings of power plants not based on whether or not the plant provides power but based on how it provides power and it as you're discussing not matching up politically so in this climate as we are seeing more and more people push electric cars and general motors wants to be all electric cars and volvo's gonna be all electric cars and dear lord gm is gonna make an electric corvette which i still don't understand how i'm supposed to get excited about what the corvette is supposed to bring and, and and supposed to feel like this is, as you describe, politically planned. Do they not recognize that this doesn't work for society? Or, as many people like to discuss, this is the plan. Force people into the green mentality, whether they like it or not, for their own good. Well, this, that's exactly what it is. They're, they're trying to follow Europe's model. And in Europe, they've already had the experience their gas, their their fuel prices, their electricity prices have doubled and tripled. They have the highest in the world. Um, they're shutting down factories. People are being put out of work. They're having riots in the streets, and people can't heat their homes and cool their homes. And it's all to save the earth. They're telling you, you must wear a hair shirt. And so in America, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. They're saying, we want to lower your energy prices. We're Biden says, I'm fighting every day to lower your energy prices, and then he's passing policies that precisely do the opposite, that increase energy prices and make energy more unreliable. And then they're trying to blame it, as she did, on, on energy companies. Look, she says, oh, I drove past all those gas stations. It's 721 miles from Michigan to D.C. You know what? She didn't do that on a single charge. I'll guarantee you. She took at least four days to make that trip that could be made in a day in a gasoline-powered vehicle because she had to stop to charge that vehicle. And she didn't charge it in 30 minutes. She charged it overnight, multiple times. So that's what she didn't talk about. She didn't get any gas, but she sure didn't make the trip in one day that could be easily made in a day. Talking to Dr. Sterling Burnett, director of the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental Policy, and he's over there at Heartland Institute, heartland.org. Uh, to your article, sir, and, and you brought it up earlier, you bring up the idea of baseload of power and how uh, large-scale power grids consist of two different segments. You've got baseload power and you have peaking uh, power. So uh, if you would, I'd ask you for a definition on both of those. And I'm not somebody who opposes solar or wind. I'd love to see it work. The point is, is that it doesn't uh, work. Is the, or, or am I wrong? Is there either one of those things that could provide you baseload or peaking power? They can provide power, but they can't supply either of those. They can't, Not reliably. So baseload power is the amount of power for, for a power grid to work, 
you have to have a fairly constant amount of power flowing through it 24 hours a day to meet minimum demand. And if it dips below that, the power grid starts to fail because you have to keep the system running with constant power. So you can't rely on wind or solar to provide baseload power because they ramp up and down very quickly as, the, as, as, as gusts of wind blow or die off or the whole you know, wind goes dead as the sun goes down or clouds pass over. So you have to have power sources. It doesn't have to be coal or natural gas, but they happen to be the dominant ones or nuclear. But you have to have some power source that provides a constant flow of power you can count on. And if you're adding wind and solar, that regulates the power flowing from them so it's constant. That's baseload power. Peaking power is, okay, during the winter in Minnesota, you've suddenly got a spike in demand because of the cold. So you bring on power plants that are sitting there idle or running at less than peak efficiency. You ramp them up to provide that extra power needed. In the summer in Texas, that's when you need it. When people turn on their air conditioners, you need peaking power. Typically, that's natural gas because you can store natural gas and then flick a switch and turn it on. They can ramp up in five minutes. You know what you can't is go to the sun and say, shine some more. You can't go out and start blowing on those wind turbines, hoping they'll pick up speed and provide more power when you need it at peaking power. So they can't be relied upon for either of the two needs for the power system. They They provide supplementary power is what they do. And their supplementary power is closing baseload and peaking power plants. And they're not so now here we the are. cost of that. If a, so now if here we are in, in, in this situation. Okay. Here we are Where? with the, 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 the closing of some of, of uh, the, the, these plants. Right. Or, or, and therefore, we're going to have rolling blackouts. Now, I lived in California for a few years. I will tell you that this was back uh, in in 20, uh, 2010 to, through twenty fourteen, or actually two thousand eight. It doesn't matter. It was six years. Uh, I had some fun. I live in Indiana now. It's much better. Uh, the, the question before us is: I never actually felt a rolling blackout. It never happened to me. I never once had a moment where my power was shut uh, shut down. When they talk about rolling blackouts, do they discuss how they work? Is there a time certain? Is it only 30 minutes here? Is it an hour there? And, and how, how do, uh, when, when politicos are asked about this, and, and you're asking about this, your organization's asking about this, looking into this, how are they responding to, yeah, well, that just has to be the, the, the way it is in order to get to our ideological desires? Like, don't they feel that pressure? Well, the problem is politicos lie about it. They say it has nothing to do with them shutting down power plants or, or adding wind and solar. <laughs> they say it has to do with, oh, the grid's aging. We just need to rebuild it. Oh, it, it's those evil companies that are trying to make more money. Look at their profit. They, they say, oh, look at their profits. Well, yeah, when natural gas prices go up uh, and you're a natural gas company, you're making more money. But it's not. That was that's politics shutting down the gas supply making there's still high demand but there's low supply that's supply and demand and they blame the companies and they blame the grid and they don't blame themselves so they just forced it off 
and the problem is we've raised generation, a couple of generations of people that have no sense of history. They don't realize like you do that, gosh, I grew up in a time when there were no rolling blackouts. We had plenty of energy. Right. Um, now, the, the, the group. I, I grew up in Texas. I won't say we never had blackouts, but they were after storms. You know, we get hurricanes here. We get tornadoes. We lost power. But we never lost power in the winter because it was cold, in my experience, until last year. And that's because wind turbines and solar stopped working. The, the Mid-Continent Independent System Operator, which runs the, the grid in the Midwest, uh, the, there was a discussion about what people can do. Uh, it, it, it and its member utilities have trained for worst-case scenarios this summer and are prepared to take actions to maintain grid reliability. Those actions include, according to Reuters, urging homes and businesses to conserve energy, limiting power plant and transmission line maintenance during heat waves, and if necessary, imposing rotating blackouts. So yeah. their answer you is, know, that we know it's coming, so you don't turn on your air conditioning in the peak of the day. That's, exactly. That is Rather absolutely what they're going to tell people. the energy you demand and you pay for. And, and, and importantly, the energy companies, the power companies are not blameless in this. They used to fight wind and solar because they made their money producing power. But you know what? They paid off their power plants, so they, were st they stopped making money on the, uh, the returns on the capital cost of those. And they got tired of filing, fighting politicians, and they said, you know what? They give us cost plus 15% returns on every new power plant we build. So we'll just go along and get along. Let's pay. Let's say, oh, we're going to clean up the environment. We're going to do what's good for the environment. We're going to close down all our coal fuel power plants if you'll allow us to build all this wind and solar. Okay? So we, we sanction them to build wind and solar and close down coal power plants, and they're making money hand over fist because the utility uh, regulators in each state gives them cost plus. Typically, they make 15% on every capital investment. That's a pretty good return. So you'll build if, – if a politician wants you to build wind and solar, you'll build wind and solar because you can make a lot of money off of it, more than you were making off your reliable plant that you'd already paid off. Sterling Burnett, Dr. Burnett at heartland.org, the Heartland Institute. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz.